Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Eric Barreto. And I'm Cameron Howard. And joining us today is Dr. Terry Elton, who teaches children, youth, and family ministry here at the seminary. Thanks for joining us, Terry. Great. It's good to be here. Terry, you've written a great post for us about how to talk to kids about the Bible and connect um, children's stories to uh, the, the stories of their families and their lives to stories from the Bible. But let's back up first and ask why. Why do we need to talk about kids and the Bible? Well, that's a great question, and I actually think that's one that we have to start with when we're thinking about ministry today. And um, whether people are connected to a Christian um, community, uh, have grown up in that or not, I think um, the why of the Bible is a big thing. My opening story actually answers the why for me. I grew up with uh, Scandinavian ancestors and was actually sometimes kind of irritated how my grandparents would always kind of be annoying and telling and retelling the stories of aunts and uncles and and the days of immigration over here. They never started with, stop me if I've told you this before. They just kept on going. Correct. They never did. Um, And in fact, showed me the pictures a few times as well. But it it was recently actually as an uh, adult person that I went to Norway for a work trip. and, And it was the weirdest feeling as I got off the plane And I turned to my colleague that I was with and said, this is really strange. These are my people. Hmm. And for the next 10 days when we were in Norway, eating the food, walking around, Mm -hmm. talking with people, hearing about their traditions, it, it raised for me the reality of what a good job my grandparents had done in being annoying in some ways, (laughs) but of telling their story, our story, and letting me be me, but seeing how those two connected. And so when I think about why the story in the Bible, why I hear about our ancestors of faith, um, they're not one people, and they're a crazy lot. (laughs) And so I think, for me, that's a piece of hearing maybe sometimes foreign stories or things Mm. that seem weird, but then hearing about their struggles and whatnot and then saying, hey, I felt like that before or I've experienced that. And my hope is that years down the road, kids get off a plane and land and come to a place and say, these are my mm. people. Uh, you know, your story, remind, I, am, I was born in Puerto Rico, lived there until I was nine. And every time I land back on the island, there's something about the air and there's something, just a feeling there. And using that metaphor, I like the thinking about kind of being home, being in a land that's mm-hmm. even if you, even though you've never been there, seems familiar or seems right. Can can the Bible, might the Bible for our children then be that kind of cultural air that when they breathe in, when they experience something, they know maybe I've not been here before, but my people have been here before. The the people who share my faith, the people who share my story, have been here before. Yeah, when I think of, I work for 10 years with junior high kids, and junior hires aren't always, yeah, let's study the Bible. But I remember one- excited about anything? (laughs) (laughs) Bugging their neighbor. There we go. (laughs) But there was one time where I remember this group of boys sitting in a group next to us, and they were just kind of being rambunctious, and their leader had to go. And and I thought, this is my opportunity. I'm this strange adult person Mm -hmm. that's somewhat friendly, but- I have no authority in their life. And so I just asked him a couple of questions and I go, did you know about this story? Cause I knew what story we were going to cover that day and, and talked about 
some things that this character had experienced and then reread it. And I'm like, did you know this was in the Bible? And we, we connected that story and that experience with their own lives. Mm -hmm. And suddenly they're like, Oh, the Bible isn't just about the 10 commandments Mm -hmm. or about Mm -hmm. Jesus life or whatever, but that there's such depth and richness and different human situations. I I think of the Psalms, for example, or, you know, the songs of our people over time or the, the different characters in the Old Testament or the wandering times mm-hmm. when they feel lost. So mm-hmm. I, for me, part of being an adult is knowing some of those times and then inviting mm-hmm. kids in. Yeah. yeah, I'm really struck as we talk about sort of our people in the Bible that the, the Bible is, in fact, at least um, through the Old Testament in particular, the story of a particular people, mm-hmm. the people of Israel. And... Um, so that when we say that we make these connections mm-hmm. to the people of Israel as as our people, um, we do that um, in as guests invited. Yep. We are yep. bold right, to right. say um, through the New Testament witness, but we can also learn a lot. I think um, through the the particularity of of a family, mm-hmm. um, the family of of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that grows to the people of Israel so that we, we I, I think we need to be, to sort of acknowledge in our family mm-hmm, metaphor mm-hmm, the particularity of absolutely. the people of Israel, but at the same time to see, look, um, you know, that uh, story, uh, n- not only do we sort of claim that story, but that story makes a claim on us mm-hmm. and invites us in mm-hmm. to say, okay, think about how is your journey of faith mm-hmm. um, aligned with the the story of this people and how, in fact, has this mm-hmm. people um, uh, invited us in, mm-hmm. <laughs> or we would say at least... Um, uh, when we when we read Paul, Eric, you can help us with. That. Well, I think I think actually, <laughs> Cameron, yeah. the that's a great example of actually. I'm not Norwegian. I don't speak Norwegian. There's a lot of things that are still not me in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. in my story with that. But for me, and it's a point that I I raise up here. In but my story is part of a larger story. There's a grounding. There's a history. There's a there's a reaching back, and there's a going forward. Mm. And, and they're not the same, but mm-hmm. there's things of that that I can connect with or I can wonder about today. What does that look like today? What's my mm-hmm. relationship with that piece? So I, I think it is a really helpful reminder that we're not trying to make everybody the same. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's <clears throat> always a tension, whether it's our family stories or our Bible stories, between familiarity and unfamil- unfamiliarity. Mm-hmm. The things that, the cultural air that we breathe and go, oh, th- I, this seems familiar, but... If it's our family stories, we think about our ancestors that we've never met. We right. may not remember what they look like. We don't know what their lives are actually like. So there's always this tension uh, existent there. One of the places you take us, Terry, is to think about curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe in previous generations when we thought about the Bible and, and t- thought about kids is teaching them these stories. And can they repeat back to us You know what happened in Noah's life, what happened in Moses' life, what happened in Jesus' life? But I think you're pointing us in a different direction. Can you talk a little bit about what's behind that? Yeah, I'm really um, intrigued. My own curiosity has been captured as we think about um, the way learning is shifting in this yeah. digital culture. And young children are, I think of my niece who's five, is learns and very differently than 
I did or my mm-hmm. kids did. And so part of it for me is I do think we have a lot of our ministry with children or even our engagement with the Bible and children has been around information. Mm-hmm. Do they know the facts of the story? Do they know the details of the story? Rather than kind of like you stepped back and asked why, um, this sense of curiosity about what are the weird things going on here? Mm-hmm. How does that connect? And of bringing children into that curiosity. Children are actually better at curiosity than most of hmm. us are as yeah. an adult. Huh. And I think they can, it's a, it's a more participatory way for us to engage the story together. And so I love to ask questions or open things up and w- look through the eyes of a child hmm. into that story and wonder, uh, do I get fresh ideas hmm. about that? And then how do we put information or how do we unfold the story from there? I love your list of questions here. That's really a really helpful, concrete jumping off point um, for for parents or anybody else who wants to talk to Mm -hmm. children about the Bible. I um, have just finished a Sunday school series with some fellow parents at my church on how to talk to kids about Mm -hmm. the Bible in which we were really exploring together. Mm -hmm. Um, And one question that came up often there too is, what is God like in this story? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of implicit here. I mean, yeah. what if we think about God as a character mm-hmm. in the yep. story? Um, mm-hmm. and, and sort of think about what is God like here? And then maybe explore another story in which God seems to act differently. Mm-hmm. And th- that can be a great theological jumping right. off point. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it raises the question, uh, kids are theologians. They have God questions. They have God ideas. Mm-hmm. And and this, the biblical story is a great way to have those surface mm-hmm. um, with regard to that in a, in a safe way. And what if we brought those questions up when they were young and we kept asking them? Yeah. Right. I think one of the other things you emphasize near the end is this kind of participatory culture that I think our children are embracing in ways that is still probably baffling to a lot of us. Um, I heard a great example of this is that there was a you know, a kid, three, four, five years old, something like that. And their parent had printed off a five by seven picture and left it on the coffee table. And the kid went up to and tried, started trying to pinch it like it was yeah. an iPad. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this idea that anything, any kind of object in the world that we can manipulate, we can zoom in and zoom out. That's, it's a little uh, emblem of this participatory, cult, participatory culture that you don't just observe you don't just receive stories you're actually also an active participant in creating them and reshaping them um and i think this idea of digital digital storytelling is one way to to capture this what are some of the ways that this has worked do you think well well i think of what young people i think of my nieces and nephews in in early elementary school how some of their assignments are creating things Mm mm-hmm they're, again, it's bringing their curiosity, but it's also bringing their agency or their gifts and their, their abilities. And because digital tools are so accessible mm-hmm. now, yeah. whether that be on an iPad kind of piece or whether that be in a school computer or, some, you know, or something right. at home, to actually move the curiosity one step further to, all right, if this is what you're curious about, play that out or, or help us weave your story or your questions or your images with what you read in this story. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it moves it to the another layer between um, the curiosity to interpreting or reading deeper into yeah. what's going on. And so it draws me in. A great example, my t- two of my 
nephews are in history day and they have to make a hip part of history come alive right. and the amount of research and time and production quote unquote that because it's theirs And they have all kinds of resources available to them at school and at home and in the library and they call up places and, but how they take ownership of that. And so I wonder if they can not only um, be curious and think about God, but also create images where the biblical story becomes public again. Mm. That we find ways of, Mm -hmm. if you will, proclaiming or telling the story to each other in ways that maybe we haven't known how to put our own language to, but maybe we can put images to, or maybe we can help our kids be tellers of the story through some of their their natural or available tools. And at that that point, the the roles might be switched, and they might be teaching us a lot more than we're teaching them. And telling the story is not the same as answering questions, right? right? So we raise all of these questions, but we don't, Feel, have to feel like we have to have the answers, right? right because right. the process of learning together is about asking the questions and telling the story and yeah. not about solving problems. And my, my hope was with kids is that they would um, be comfortable enough in the story to keep the journey going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So instead of a, a rule book, the Bible is this kind of constant companion in life, a way to imagine the world in new ways. Or too foreign that I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, yeah. That, so living in that tension is maybe where we can invite mm-hmm. them. Although it makes us all a little uncomfortable, but that's where the Bible perhaps speaks most powerfully. And I think this is most uncomfortable for children, youth, and family workers or Sunday school teachers mm-hmm. or people that are having to shift their way of thinking yeah. because this is how we've done it or this is how I experienced it. Yeah. But my sense is that if we listen to kids, if we step back a little bit and give them some space, um, they'll guide us. That's what's exciting. Well, thank you, Terry, for joining us. This is a really helpful conversation. I think I learned a lot for myself. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.